1: So, without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. Since this weekend is Resurrection Day weekend, we're going to be ministering messages all week about Jesus Christ and what He did for me and you through His death, His burial, and His resurrection too. We resume the messages on Pathways to Increase Intimacy with God next week. But this week, I want to get you in the mindset of the awesome things that the Lord did for me and you on Good Friday and on Resurrection Day too. So, come on. Let's hear a message about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, what he did for you and me when he went to Calvary's tree to pay his debt in full for you and me, and then got up on resurrection day to set us totally free and offer a new life for you and me. So without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, get three, four folk
2: high five around you. Tell them it's time to be blessed up in the house of God today. Come on, get three, four folk high five around you. And tell them to have an ear to hear what the Lord's about to say. And I'm telling you, y'all about to get blessed up in here, up in here, up in here. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, happy Good Friday. Praise God. Happy Good Friday. Praise God. This is a wonderful day. Hallelujah, a day, a time to celebrate that which it is that Jesus Christ did for me and you when he went to the cross and paid the price for me and you. This is a day that we can celebrate the greatness of the living God and his demonstration of how much he loved us by doing what he did so that we don't have to do what we could have done based upon what we should have did. Blessed be the name of the Lord. This day and what Jesus did on this day, was actually appointed by God long, long ago. This day was already set up for us to be able to give glory unto God so that we can be able to uh, be people who are, whose name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and can be able to have and enjoy the life that God has in store for me and you. Even though God knew ahead of time about the fall that was going to occur for man, he already had set up a plan to be able to save his man. Today we're going to be talking about that for a little while. It's going to be able to be a blessing to you and at least have you walk out with a smile so that you can find out and be able to join in even more next time when they sing a song like, Oh, How He Loved Us. And you can be excited about it because God really did love us. Both God, the Father, God the Son, and the God Holy Ghost collaborated in order to be able to set us free so that we can be able to walk in total victory. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. Today we're going to be talking about death by design. Death by design. Because Jesus' death was not a happenstance. Jesus' death was not because of circumstance. Jesus did not have his life taken from him. Jesus gave his life for you and me. His death was not as a result of what the devil did. His death was by design. 1 Peter chapter 1. We'll get a chance to be able to take a look at the Father's plan to save mankind through Jesus. We'll look at a. Father's plan to be able to save mankind through Jesus. Peter telling about it. Praise God. He said in chapter 1, starting with verse 18. He said, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain, worthless, fruitless conversations received by traditions from your daddies, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily, which means who shown up, was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead, and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. He's Peter was talking to uh, the p- people that he was writing a letter to here and letting them know that. You were not redeemed with with corruptible things. In order to be able to get us out the slave market of sin, we couldn't use dollar bills because dollar bills was not the currency that would have been accepted to set us free. You couldn't use silver and gold. No, that wouldn't have been told. It wouldn't have been received in order to get us out of what it is that uh, we were in. Only thing that was going to get us out was the precious blood of Jesus. This plan to redeem mankind with the precious blood of Jesus, was actually established before the foundations of the world. Amen. Which means before there was a world that twirl, God had already decided how He's was going to save every man, boy, woman, and girl. Before there was a rock of dirt in the sky, or one that would be lived on by you and I, God had already decided what it is he was going to do. Because God is a God of foreknowledge. God is a God that knows everything. He is omniscient. Praise God. He knows everything before it happens. So the fall of mankind was nothing that surprised God. He already knew what was going to happen. And not only is he one that can see ahead of time, but because he can see ahead of time, he can already provide ahead of time what's necessary for it to be able to come out the way he wants it to come out. God is good. I said God is good. Good Friday was the fulfillment of the plan of God to save mankind through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. On that Friday, over 2,000 years ago, when Jesus Christ went to the cross, for me and you, so that we don't have to go. He went so that we don't have to, to be able to make sure that we could be set free, to be able to give glory unto God like we're supposed to be. Acts chapter 2, please. Please. Hope you brought your page turning finger with you. Praise God, because you're going to turn a couple pages tonight. Praise God. Because I want you to see this in the word. These love letters that were written by the Father just to you, so that you could be able to appreciate the greatness of what he did for you. Acts chapter 2, we'll read in verse 22. You'll see how Jesus was delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God. How he was delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God. Acts chapter 2, we'll start reading in verse 22. It says, ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders, and signs which God did by him in the midst of you as ye yourselves also know him being delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain whom God has raised in up whom God has raised up having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. Good God Almighty. I'm about to get excited up in here. Praise God. But notice he's talking to who were devout Jews at that time. Folks that was dedicated to Judaism. Some of the ones that was even in the crowd shouting out loud, crucify him, crucify him. That now here, some 50 days after his resurrection, when the Holy Ghost came upon those who had believed in God. When he came upon him. Then, of course, they, they that started the church age. And then they begin to start proliferating the gospel of God and causing the gospel of God to be able to be spoken out loud so that other people can be saved, too, as what Jesus did for them. And he was talking to these devout Jews. He said, no, Jesus Christ was not delivered just by you. He was not delivered just by Pontius Pilate and the others that did what they do. But who he was actually delivered by was the determination and and the foreknowledge of God by the determination and foreknowledge of God. When it says he was delivered, it means he was given out or given over. That he is, surrendered. He was surrendered unto them. They, not take it, they did not take him by force. He surrendered his life. But it was the Father who surrendered him so that that could be able to happen to him. Because this was God's plan before the foundations of the earth. If I could put it this way, God just worked them, caused them to think that they was doing what they were to do so that he can be able to get done what he really wanted to. God just worked them. In order to get them to do what it is that he wanted them to do so that he can be able to do what he actually wanted to do. And that set me and you free and even set the people free who it was that turned him over so that he can be able to give up his life. He said he delivered him to be crucified. That word crucified right there means to be impaled. Impaled. That's, that's to be pierced through because God has sent Jesus Christ to be pierced for me and you so that we don't have to. And so that he would be slain. That word slain right there means to take away violently, that is, murdered. Take away violently, that is, murdered. Now, 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 a lot of times people say, well, wait a minute, Jesus Christ died for me and you. Why did he have to go through so much? Why didn't he just, like, close his eyes and die then? Praise God if that's what he was doing. Well, because there was a price that had to be paid for the sins that were already made in order for the way to be laid to be able to set me and you out into to be able to step into what God was all about. It, it was a price that needed to be paid. And that pay, price had to be paid for the sins that, were, that occurred through you and me, as well as the sins that we were born into in order to set us free. There was a price that had to be made. And God had already determined what was necessary in order to pay the price to be able to buy us out of the slave market of sin. That's why he sent his son Jesus to be able to do what it is that only Jesus could do. This day and what Jesus did on this day was necessary for the redemption of mankind. Jesus did not receive one stripe that was unnecessary. Jesus did not receive one punch that was unnecessary. Jesus did not receive one thing that was not necessary. Everything that he received was payment in full for what we did so that we don't have to pay the price that he did. Turn with me to Luke chapter 24, please. It was payment in full for what we did. Luke chapter 24, as we go through this teaching, you're going to find out that everything that Jesus went through, he went through for me and you. Everything he went through, he went through for me and you, which means actually that was supposed to be me and you for eternity. That was supposed to be me and you for eternity, which means that we would have a vicious end of life. And then go into eternal death. That would make what he went through pale in comparison of what would happen to me and you. But thank God he went and paid the price for me and you. Luke chapter 24, we'll look at verse 46. Well, let's do 45, come down into 46. It says, then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Of course, because it was already written about everything that it is that he was going to do. Verse 46 says, and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer. It behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. It's Jesus Christ said, letters in red, is telling, telling the disciples, it behooved me to suffer. That word behooved right there means to be necessary for, to be fit for, to be meet for, with respect to necessity duty or convenience it was convenient for me to do what it is that i did it was necessary for me to do what i did what i went through was fit for what needed to be done in order to be able to set you free what i did was meet it was it was exactly what needed to be done with respect to necessity it was my duty to go to the cross for you and it was a thing that was convenient to do it also means to be necessary as binding to be necessary as binding. Which means he, in his heart he was bound to do what it is that he was supposed to do. Which means he was bound to be bound for you. Amen. He was bound to be bound for you. Eastside Detroit version says it this way. There was no other way possible. In order to get done what needed to get done there was no other way possible. Because remember he had said to the father in Gethsemane. If there's any other way that we can do this let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless not my will but thy will be done which means he was carrying out the father's will when he went and did that. Because the father predetermined, foreordained, knew ahead of time exactly what needed to be done in order to pay the price to be able to set us free. And here we are now, free. He knew exactly what to do to be able to get us out of the slave market of sin. And here we are now with Jesus as our friend. He knew exactly what to do to get us out of the devil's grasp. So we no longer have to be bit by that asp. I had to make sure I finished my letters so did you understand what I'm saying. Praise God. God had a plan and God had a man. God had a plan and God had a man. Jesus was God's man to carry out the plan of the redemption for mankind. Turn over to Genesis chapter 3, please. Because here's where it was first spoken to you and me. God had it recorded in the book so we could see it when we take a look. That when the fall happened, it was no surprise to God because God already knew ahead of time what was going to happen. And he began to prophesy, speak ahead of time of what was going to happen. Begin to foretell what was going to happen when he kicked the devil tail and get him up off of you once and for all. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. This is, of course, after the fall. Let's read 14 and come on down. I like hearing this part too. He said, And Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, Thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Down there in footstool position. Come on, Trey. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Now, he had already begun to start testifying and, and, and prophesying about what was going to happen. Praise God. He was talking about how the Savior of mankind was going to come into this world to be able to save mankind. And not only did he prophesy about it, but you know how to know what it is. That when you really, when you, when you strong enough, tough enough, bad enough to be able to get done what you need to get done, you'll telegraph your punches ahead of time and begin to start telling them what you're going to do at a given time. He not only told you, told him about the Savior that was coming, he then immediately showed him what the Savior was going to do when he come. Drop down to verse 21. It says, And unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothed them. Coats of skin and clothed them, which means in order to make coats of skin, he did not take them down to the nearest department store, to the nearest clothing store. What he did is slew an innocent animal. He slayed an innocent animal to, and allowed that animal to be skinned, to be taken off of it. He skinned it and then put it right over the person. When he skinned it and, and took it off, he didn't say he skinned it and tanned it. He didn't say he skinned it and tanned it because when you tan it, you treat it before you get ready to do what you're going to do. He didn't say skin it and tanned it. He skinned it and put the skin over them, which meant that blood was going to cover them and the flesh of another is going to cover them. Somebody innocent was going to die to be able to cover you from your shame. Somebody innocent was going to give up their life in order to cover you with their shame. So he not only prophesied about the Messiah that's coming, he immediately showed them what he was going to do when the Messiah comes. That this, that is going to be, that, that, that our protection and our deliverance is going to come as a result of us getting inside of the skin of this innocent animal that's going to live his life and, and give his life for you and me. Of course, us, we are now inside Christ's skin. Know ye not that ye are in Christ? Don't you know that you are his body? And so since you are in his body, then your deliverance has already come. So he began to testify ahead of time and prophesy ahead of time what it was going to do to be able to set me and you free so that we can be able to move forward into our total victory. Over in Isaiah chapter 7, the Savior of mankind was identified because God would prophesy about him throughout all time just to be able to let the devil know who was coming to do this at a given time. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, prophesied through the prophet Isaiah and said, Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. He was narrowing down for the devil exactly who he was going to be so that there would be no question for who you would then take to the cross and do what I've designed for you to do for me. He was narrowing down for the devil. I know you know he was talking to mankind here too. But he was also narrowing down for the devil exactly what it is that he was going to do so that he would make sure he take the right one to the cross to be able to do exactly what he needed him to do. Because God had orchestrated all of this, put all this in play so that he could be able to set us free so that we could be able to lift our hands and give glory to God this very day. Over in Isaiah chapter 9, the Savior's identity was further clarified. Turn over to Isaiah chapter 9. He told him that it was going to come through a virgin. Praise God which came into agreement with the fact that he said to see the woman was going to come. Because the fact that she's a virgin means that she did not have sex. Blessed be the name of the Lord. She did not have sexual activities. Praise God. But how is she going to give up a child if she ain't had no sexual activities? Praise God. He telling them here. Over in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, The everlasting father, the prince of peace, and of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. He was saying that once he does what he does, it's never going to end. The peace that you're going to receive is never going to end. That place, that existence, that state of existence where nothing's missing, nothing's broken. Everything's intact and entire, including the relationship that we have with God and the fellowship that we can have with God. Praise God. It says, of the increase of his government and his peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with justice, with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. He told him exactly what family he was coming through to make sure that he get the right one and do with him what it is he wanted him to do. Told him exactly what family he was coming through and testimony after prophecy after prophecy. I could take over to Micah chapter five and show you how it is. He told him exactly where he was going to come alive. That he told him over in Bethlehem is where he was going to be born. Praise God. And that's exactly where he was born. To be able to make sure that he used, he'd get the right one who was, who, 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 who was born to die. And why did he have to die? Well, because Jesus did what he did so that we wouldn't have to pay the price of sin with our own lives. We wouldn't have to pay the price of sin with our own lives. Turn to Romans chapter 3, please. Romans chapter 3. Come on, have an idea here what the Lord's going to say today. Romans chapter 3. The reason why Jesus needed to give up his life was because we sinned. Every one of us sinned. Romans chapter 3, we'll read verse 23. It says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What does all mean? Who's left after all? Which means there's not that person who's left out of this equation right here. Every single person born into this world is born into this same sin. Because all have sinned and sh- fallen short of the glory of God. And, 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 and chapter 6 tells us uh, what the problem is. Because, see, once again, we're in this modern age, in this age of grace, praise God. So we don't think nothing about sin. But let me tell you what sin's really all about. Turn to chapter 6, verse 20. Sin separates you from God. God had already told Adam. He told him if you partake of the tree that's in the middle of the Garden of Eden, and you partake of it, you shall surely die. And die is what he did. That word death in the literal Hebrew means separate, which means he was separated from God from that point forward. And here's the result of it, starting with verse 20. For when ye were servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. Which means that we had nothing to do with no righteousness. We were servants of sin. What fruit had ye there in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. Drop down to verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, notice the wages of sin is death. Death is what comes as a result of sin. Death is what comes. That starts off with separation with God and continues to move on till you run into graveyard dead and then eternally dead. And that was the pathway that we were on, that we were on our way to, uh, to eternal death, where death that cannot be reversed. Whereas death that continues on. Because if you die naturally, spiritually dead, then you're eternally dead for the rest of the days of your existence. If you die naturally, spiritually dead, then you are eternally dead for the rest of the days of your life. But Jesus Christ came to be able to reverse that curse, to be able to make sure that we don't have to die the death that we was going to need to die. See, sin causes a debt that must be paid, and that is death. Sin causes a death that must be paid. And that is death. Sin demands a death. A death has to happen whenever sin occurs. A death has to happen whenever sins occur.
1: Well, that's all that we have time for today. We trust that you are blessed for what the Word of God had to say. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210 7859238 that's area code 210-7859-238. But of course, it's always best when you can get it live. Where the Faith Christian Center is located at 1928 Bassy Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 645, Saturday afternoons at 430, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation or you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. Just call us at the church office and arrange a ride. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. We also invite all of you to join us at our Resurrection Day weekend celebration that we do here at Word of Faith SA. It starts on Thursday evening at 645 with a showing of the passion of the Christ. I believe that it's good for each and every one of us to get a visual reminder of the price that Jesus Christ paid for you and me when he went to the cross at Calvary as a substitution for you and me. Speaking of Christ, there's no charge for the movie, and a wonderful reception follows, where there'll be refreshments and refreshing fellowship with the saints talking about what they saw and how it impacted them. Celebration continues on Friday evening at our Good Friday service at 7 p.m. That's the day that Jesus actually went to the cross for me and you to pay sins dead in full for me and you. So we are aware of faith celebrate in praise and worship and get a good word on that night, too. We'd be both honored and excited to see you and your family there celebrating Jesus with us, too. And the Resurrection Day celebration weekend culminates with our Resurrection Day service on Sunday at 9.30 a.m. That's the day that Jesus Christ got up. So we get up and come to church to celebrate the victory we received from Him. We'd love to see all of you and your families there. And remember, if you don't have transportation, we have a VIP transportation service that is available for each and every one of these services. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. Don't forget to tune into our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing Word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the Word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow.